The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch The Transporter. Uh, my name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? An 805 Cerveza. All right. Also with us is Mugga. What up, Mugs? Yo. What are you drinking today? Talkin Ultra. All right. Uh, making her return to the podcast is Veronica. What's up, Veronica? Howdy doody. What are you drinking today? Uh, Water. Nice. And uh, making his debut on the show is Jordan. What's happening, Jordan? Hey, Kerwin. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Uh, what are you drinking today? Today, I got a Frosty Guinness. All right. So today, we are talking about The Transporter, released October 2nd, 2002. Stars Jason Statham, Shu Chi, Francois Berlin. Uh, and Matt Scholes. It's directed by Corey Yuen and uh, Louis Letterier, and it's written by Luc Besson and Robert Mark Kamen, and it's distributed by 20th Century Fox. So let's talk about our experience with this movie. Mugga, what is your experience with The Transporter? So I, I remember seeing the trailer, and the only cool thing I thought about the trailer was the door kick scene. Other than that, I had no interest in seeing it, and then when you wanted to review it, I had to watch it, I guess. So I literally watched it for the first time four, uh, four days ago. Yeah, just uh, bought it uh, on uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, yeah, I'm on summer break, so I just kind of knocked it out. You bought it? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I rented it. Oh, four, yeah, shit. Four bucks. Okay. Uh, there's four of these, which I'll get into the financials. I did not know there was this many of them. Yeah. Uh, Veronica, what's your experience? Um, same thing. I remember the trailer, just a door kick, and thinking that was awesome, but I never watched it um, up until yesterday, actually. Um, so I watched it, went to Raising Cane's, got myself some chicken fingers, and, um, and it was awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, Jason, what is your experience with this movie? So I don't think I watched this one all the way through until I watched it this week for the podcast. <laughs> but I did watch two, and I did watch three. I remember both of those, but I don't remember this one very well. So I rewatched it this week, or finished it this week. Um, I was watching it with Elizabeth, and I just remember her kind of being on her phone, half watching it, half not. And the soundtrack, I think, got her, because she's like, what are you watching right now? And... Yeah, so it was uh, it was interesting. I, I think this is one of those few trilogies where it gets better yeah. as it goes on, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Jordan, what's your experience with this movie? So uh, I actually picked up this movie back in like 2004. One of my local video stores was going out of business, so they were selling off all of their inventory for like dirt cheap. So I think I picked this movie up for like two bucks nice. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching it, you know, around that time frame and thinking that it was a really interesting movie. And then I had to go dumpster dive in uh, to find it again <laughs> for this podcast. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a movie, and it was created. <laughs> And uh, that's, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later on, but yeah. Uh, my experience, I remember, I think I remember renting this from a Redbox. Maybe, maybe I'm mixing up my experience with like the other two, but I do remember seeing this like one time. And then I remember really loving, like, I believe the second or third one, <laughs> kind of like you're saying, Jay. But uh, I think that was probably the only time I'd ever seen the first Transporter movie. So, you know, we decided to review this. I rented it on uh, Amazon, like you did, Mugs. And, I also watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get into how we feel about that later. You know, now that we're done with experience, uh, Mugga, why don't you hit us with the financials? So financially, this movie did make money. Um, it was on a budget of $21 million. Um, domestically, it already covered that, bringing in a little over $25 million. Um, it did go internationally. I was trying to look up what countries it was in, but uh, it made almost $19 million, So that brings it to around $44 million that this movie made. Um, if you look at the franchise itself, this would be ranked third because number two... I haven't seen number two. You guys are kind of giving it high praises, but that did its best. And this is based on just domestic grosses. Uh, but Transporter 2 came in at number one. Transporter 3 was at number two. This movie was the third one. And I guess there's Transporter Refueled. That's not including Jason in that one, right? I think there's a different guy, but that one did horribly, <laughs> actually, uh, domestically. But yeah, it came in at third. There was so many movies that were in theaters during this time. I don't know if this was like the age they were just cranking out movies. I don't know. But uh, like even Star Wars episode two was still in theaters 151 weeks but that was at number 35 I'm just going to kind of go over some ones that um, like my honor report was still in um, uh 
theaters, you had the Born Identity. Triple X was at number 22. That was kind of crazy. Um, getting into kind of like your top 10 ones, though, this did not debut at number one over the weekend. Um, it actually came in at number four. Um, number five was My Big Fat Greek Wedding. This movie I want to bring up was in theaters 178 days to this date of the opening weekend. Um, but you had Red Dragon, that was number one. That's the one with Hannibal Lecter, right? All that stuff. And then you also had Sweet Home Alabama, that was uh, in theaters making good money at number two. But it was successful, but it wasn't at number one or whatnot. And it wasn't nearly the uh, the top one of the franchise. But again, yeah, we'll get into trash and treasure and all that. But it did make some money, to believe it or not. So, All right, Jason, uh, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, has so much enthusiasm to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll be better. Let me retake that, Kerwin. Hey, Kerwin. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> critics come in at 54% of them liking it with an average score of 5.7 out of 10. The audience, uh, 73% of them gave it a 3.5 or higher out of 5 with an average rating of 3.7 out of 5, uh, with over 250,000 ratings. So 73%, I thought that was High. higher than I expected from the audience. Yeah. Uh, I think critics gave it a better, more fair score. Uh, I always like looking at some of what the critics say. I, just, I found a couple uh, that rated it really low. One of the quotes uh, is from Peter Bradshaw. He says, what a yawn this truly abysmal film is. <laughs> and then, this other person, Felix Vas- Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Crazed, says, I had high hopes for this film. That's it. Not even a follow-up. No. So, uh, yeah, they weren't digging it too much. Uh, according to IMDb, uh, there was two over 289,000 reviews, and they gave it an average rating of 6.8 out of 10. Uh, I looked at the demographics. They're pretty consistent across the board. Um, so, again, the average rating was 6.8. The highest rating was females under 18, gave it a 7.1 at the highest, but there was only seven votes. And then the lowest, it looks like um, all and males, gave it a 6.7 uh, out of 10. So um, again, there wasn't a lot of votes for that. So pretty pretty consistent across the board, but yeah, those are the ratings. All right, cool. Uh, so let's get into behind the scenes. Let's start with the directors and writers. Uh, I just want to say up front, there is not a lot for this movie that we could find. So we're we're gonna burn the, through this pretty quickly. Uh, this movie was directed by uh, Corey Yuen uh, with artistic direction, finger quotes, uh, done by Louis Letterier. Uh, Corey Yuen is a, a Hong Kong action filmmaker, action choreographer, and actor. He's appeared in and uh, worked on a ton of movies and uh, was the second unit director for the first X-Men movie. So he did a lot of the action scenes in that movie. Uh, Then we got uh, Louis Letterier, uh, who directed The Incredible Hulk, Now You See Me, and Unleashed. Uh, He also came back for The Transporter 2. Writers on this movie are Luc Besson and uh, Robert Mark Kamen. And, you know, we know Luc Besson from The Fifth Element, La Femme Nikita, Leon the Professional, Valerian, Lucy, and uh, his most recent movie, Anna. And then we got Robert Mark Kamen, who's uh, worked on all of the Transporter projects, including the TV series. And uh, he also wrote Fifth Element, Gladiator, and Karate Kid 1 through 3. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and he also did uh, all three Taken movies, as well as the Taken TV series. Pretty resume there. Yeah, like I was actually pretty surprised. Like, you know, we know Luke Besson, of course, but like this guy, I'm I'm looking at him, I'm like, wow, he's, he's done some good shit. So I was actually pretty impressed. Moving on to the cast, we got Jason Statham as Frank Martin. No relating to Aston Martin. And then uh, this is Jason Statham. (laughs) What? (laughs) This is uh, Jason Statham's first ever leading role. Uh, Prior to this, uh, he appeared in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Uh, It's funny, though, uh, prior to actually acting, you know, beginning his acting career, he was a member of Britain's national diving team, and he modeled for uh, Tommy Hilfiger and Levi's back in the day. Yeah, so he was doing all that before movies. And uh, the makers of this movie wrote the role of Frank Martin specifically for, for Statham. Him, yeah. yeah, after seeing his performance in The One starring Jet Li. Oh, shit, I forgot yeah. about that movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because like there's a lot of like Jet Li crossover with like the people that made this movie. So mm-hmm. we talked about uh, one of the writers, he did Unleashed, and that was the Jet Li movie. I think when he's like the dog Danny. Yeah, okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. so there's, uh, there's Jet Li crossover, it seems. Um, and then, you know, Jason Statham, he did most of his stunts for the movie, as well as uh, most of the driving. 
in the car scenes, so he did a lot of that himself. And uh, he actually learned to hot wire a car in order to do the scene with him hot wiring a car. Right. And it's funny because he says, uh, I wish I would have known how to do this when I was 15. Because <laughs> I guess back in the day, he used to get in uh, a lot of trouble with his friends. So, um, And uh, Jason Statham, he does have experience doing martial arts. Uh, he learned kung fu, kickboxing, and karate during his lifetime. But he did some more training to prepare for this role. Uh, and he also got scuba lessons from uh, Jean-Marc Barr, who previously starred in Luc Besson's other movie, The Big Blue, which is about deep sea diving. I guess it's like... Um, the Fast and the Furious, but with diving. Yeah, I, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Somebody correct me. And um, then we got a Shu Chi as Lai. Uh, she is a Taiwanese Hong Kong actress and model, having been in a bunch of movies and TV overseas. And according to Wikipedia, was one of the highest paid actresses in Taiwan back in 2014. Uh, for this movie, uh, she actually had to learn English ahead of time. So they sent her a script early so she could do that. And uh, it's funny because Jason Statham says that like um, she went to Hong Kong for a little bit and came back and was like almost completely fluent in the language. Like he was surprised by that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I guess at one point, uh, I guess there was a language barrier during the making of the movie, and she described it as like rooster and duck all day long. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that's a saying. I don't know. Maybe that's a saying over there. But you said that she did learn English. I read that she didn't learn English, and she had unquote, "Why do I have to learn English? Why don't they learn Chinese?" Mm. And did you read anything like that? I, and I, I could tell there was, I heard they had to have like a person translating what she had to say to her right before the line they were about to shoot and that's how she memorized her lines. It's weird too because like uh, different places I've looked. Like, there's different. There's different accounts. Yeah, like Jason okay. Statham says like she learned English and then there's another one that says they couldn't communicate on set. Right. And then there's another article that says like she learned English and it's just like, it's like all over yeah, the place. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, either way, I could agree. Yeah. As far as like, why don't they learn Chinese? I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, it's a French production, yeah. so like we shouldn't be speaking English at all. But yeah. I had read that one of the words that she had the most trouble with was Madeleine's, which is why they had her read it out of the book in the uh, scene where she's serving him breakfast. Oh, oh shoot. Okay. I haven't seen number two or three, but she's not in the other ones, right? It's just she's just in this one, right? I, so. I believe she's just in this yeah. one. Yeah. Why? Why choose Madeleine too? Like it's cookies. It was like set in France, so I think it was just kind of a uh, let's let's do something French. You know? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was very interesting because I thought how convenient it is that he had all of the ingredients to make those cookies in the morning when he seemed like he was a very simple man that probably didn't eat very much. Right. Yeah. Like I don't even have shit to make cookies in here. Yeah. Like, but you I'm, say cookies. Like why Madeline's? Like why are you gonna like? It's almost like mean. It's almost mean to this girl. Like no, you're gonna say Madeline. <laughs> just just say I made something, or I made something. I guess. I mean, but but then again, like when you're an actor, you gotta read what's off the script. I guess. And like you said, it's France. Got to be French. It's a French production. You know, all that other a stuff. French cookie. Like I don't know something. Man. Yeah. I don't know. I made a French cookie for you. That sounds like something else. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, sounds like a euphemism. For, Goes with the score though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we got uh, Francois uh, Berleon as Inspector Tarconi. I didn't really find too much for him because I totally forgot to look his ass up. <laughs> so my apologies, people. But uh, I figure, I feel like he's been in a lot of stuff. I feel like he has he been. He looked familiar. Wasn't he in the new uh, Daniel Craig James Bond? Didn't he play... Uh, um his contact in like Casino Royale and they brought him back again for uh, no. Quantum of Solace, different guy? Yeah, that's a different guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't even remember his name, but I, I do know who you're talking about. Um, then we got uh, Matt Schulz as a Darren Wall Street Betancourt. Uh, so this guy plays Vince in the Fast and the Furious yeah, he does. and in Fast Five. And, uh, you know, ironically, Jason Statham would also go on to appear in the Fast and Furious franchise, starting with part six. He kills Han. What a bitch. <laughs> then uh, he says he wanted his character in this movie to be a, quote, slim and sort of like a raven. I don't know if he's talking about Raven from Tekken. I don't know. And then he lost 40 pounds for this movie. And in order to do that, he fasted for 16 days. So I, I couldn't imagine why he'd do that. And still eat, man. Do you think he's more intimidating in this movie or the Fast and the Furious? Well, this movie, he's a little baby back bitch. He is, and right? And then in Fast and Furious, he's wearing two tank tops. So I don't know <laughs> if I could take him seriously. <laughs> like, so I think I think he's he's intimidating in neither of these movies. Okay. Cool dude, good for him. But like the characters he's playing are just kind of whack. Um, I did not know this, but he's also in Blade and Blade 2. Yeah. 
as a vampire that gets uh, his hand fucked up, you know when he picks up Blade's sword mm-hmm. and like the, the spikes come out or whatever? He plays that character, but he's also in Blade 2 as a totally different character. So he plays a totally different vampire in Blade 2. Oh, okay. I read that he was in both Blades, but or the first two Blades, but I didn't know who he was in the second one. I couldn't remember. Yeah, in the second one, um, he's a, a member of the group of vampires called the Blood Pack. So remember those vampires that Blade has to team up with to like beat the Reapers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's one of those guys, and then he gets killed by Whistler at some point in the movie. Oh, yeah, okay. so, yeah, okay. two different characters, same franchise. Well, one movie that I did like him in, though, was The Italian Job. Have you seen that? Yeah. he's. Re- I think he's really good in that one, yeah. I haven't seen the Fast and Furious one that he's in. I haven't got that far. He's in number six, number five who uh yeah statham yeah Yeah. okay so statham he's in he's at the end of six in the post credits and then he's in everyone after that pretty much and it's not good what he's not good in it no Uh, yeah he's he's great okay yeah he's great i never saw seven personally but yeah hobbs and shaw he's he's great in that um and then uh ironically uh the dude that plays uh vince in fast and furious and uh wall street in this movie he went on to uh be the bad guy in torque which is basically a Fast and Furious yeah. ripoff. So, yeah. a lot of car, a lot of car and motorcycle shit going on. On uh, and lastly, we got Rick Young as Mr. Kwai. Uh, this dude's been in a bunch of movies, including Nixon, Kiss of the Dragon, and American Gangster. And uh, he also starred in a parody movie called The Forty One Year Old Virgin, who knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt super bad about it. What? You just make that up, nope. right? That's real. That's an actual movie. <laughs> we have to watch that. <laughs> it's an actual movie. Yeah, I looked uh, it up. Yikes. It's pretty. Uh, it's, you know, like those, you know, like scary movie, not another team yeah. movie. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, but he's also in Booty Call with uh, Jamie Fox yeah, and Jennifer yeah. Fox. I can't remember which character it is. I don't know if it's the the scene where they're at the Chinese restaurant. But I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't find his character. I can't oh, remember. Shoot. Go back and watch it. Yeah, just have to review Booty Call now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got a fun facts in production. Uh, just little things I found here and there. Uh, so when Lai is digging through Frank's old photos, the photo with the kid with the monkey is that's actually, actually him. Yep. yep, that's actually Jason Statham. And then uh, the inside of Frank's house was shot on a soundstage uh, near Paris. And uh, when the house explodes, Jason Statham's hair actually caught on fire. So it was burning. Uh, he got a little hot-headed in that situation. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> okay. barely had hair. I mean, there's a little bit there. I guess. Give him a win, you know? Okay. Give him a win. It caught on fire, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, looking like a ghost rider. Um, <laughs> after Frank's house gets blown up, he and Lai, you know, leave the police station. Uh, Lai gets in a uh, Peugeot uh, 406 taxi. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Uh, which is the exact same taxi that was used in Luc Besson's previous movie, Taxi. Drink every time I say taxi. Taxi, taxi, taxi. I'm hammered. Yeah, I'm so wasted. Um, the fight scenes were planned out uh, with the crew playing with action figures or small models to figure out the initial choreography. So they'd kind of have like a little table set up. They'd have like little pieces on a board and they just kind of act out how fight mm-hmm. scenes should go. So, you know, a little previs, different way. And then uh, the fight scenes where he's at that, uh, I guess, that depot or whatever that was uh, filmed at a bus repair shop mm-hmm. or depot in Nice, France. And uh, when Jason Statham is rolling around in the oil, that was actually syrup or molasses. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a pun for that. That scene is treasure, huh? (laughs) Is it? No. No, not at all. (laughs) It's definitely a sticky situation. Hey. (laughs) That's weird, though. Would you rather be oil or syrup? For my own safety, probably syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'd want the oil all... Like motor oil and shit, transmission fluid yeah. and oh, yeah. syrup. Maybe all sticky. Yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most delicious fight scene they had filmed all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, so How was his physique, Jason? I was that's on point. That, that, was that, on that's point. when he's shirtless on that side. Oh, right? that yeah. is right. Oh, because yeah. he takes his shirt off, yeah. rolls around in it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the physique was on point. I think, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, he was looking good in this movie. So, yeah. I, I got to say, the martial arts scenes in this, in this film were pretty on point, you know. And the that fact was about he, it. Yeah. But it was, yeah. they were on point. Because uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I only watched it one time because I rented it. There's twice, I think, he uses his shirt and he hits a guy with it and they fall backwards on the impact of the shirt. Am I right on that? Like, did you guys, or am I just viewing it wrong? I was like, did he just knock a guy out with his shirt? I, I'm going to be, you have compl- to look at it. I'm going to be completely you. honest. I watched this movie like two weeks ago. Okay. So I am having trouble recalling a lot <laughs> of the things from it. But yeah. Um, no, but I, I think so. Like, we've, we've seen that in a couple movies. Somebody takes their shirt off. Like yeah. whips people with it. Uh, yeah, but whatever. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something. Oh, okay. No, 
I'll, I'll wait till Trash and Treasure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and then uh, in terms of the driving sequences, uh, none of this movie was sped up. So when you're watching these vehicle chase scenes, um, everything is moving at full speed. They didn't do any post-production with the cameras or speed anything up. So this is actual drivers driving, doing these chase scenes, That's which is cool. really cool. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of practical stuff. You know, you got the actors doing their own stunts. Fight scenes are legit, so I, I really. I mean, do the budget that. I said was only twenty-one million, so they didn't have much to work with. Yeah, real small production, um, and then uh, for the final chase scene with the tractor trailer, we got Jason Statham uh, underneath the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually underneath it while it was moving, and uh, he, you know, he was attached to a harness or whatever, like with wire, but the trailer was being pulled by a tow truck with cameras on it, so they could film at the same time. For that truck chase scene, uh, the car that's used is a uh, Mercedes S six hundred. But that car was too expensive to blow up, so they went out and bought a 1992 Ford Scorpio and blew that up instead. <laughs> because they rented that car, and they're like, yeah, we can't afford to pay this off if we blow it up. So they just got like a shitty Ford and blew that up instead. That makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, it's not a Mercedes. Uh, and uh, the car that Jason Statham drives in this movie is a uh, BMW uh, E38 7 Series, uh, 750i, uh, with a manual six-speed gearbox, and it is the only type of this car that has ever been made that's been produced out of the factory like this car was specifically made for this movie so it's one of one wow yeah what makes it unique is it because it's manual uh i don't know if it's because it's manual or because it's six speed i I have no idea like why because i looked it up on wikipedia and there are manual configurations of this car but i'm not sure what what about this particular manual six speed gearbox makes it special but i do know that people have converted it using parts from another car but this was all done in factory so it's the only one bmw has ever produced that's kind of cool yeah and i I looked i tried to look on forums and stuff like that but i couldn't find too much about it specifically for the movie yeah but just the rarity of it you know makes it like super popular i'm not a big fan of the of the beamer compared to the audis he drives later on Mm -hmm. like in the other movies i don't know i think i like the audi better than the beamer i think audis just look so much cooler yeah, I think Beamers look better now, but at that time, I think the Audis looked, I don't know, I think in two, the car is way more badass. Oh, but yeah. That's just me personally. Oh, for sure. I, I wanted to run this by you. There's one thing I read about the script. Was his character supposed to be gay? That's why they added the sex scene in there, because it just seems like it's thrown in. Like, all of a sudden, she's coming on to him after they literally almost just died. I think they put that in there to show that he wasn't gay because they had originally written it and then they decided not to but to enforce it that's why they added that sex scene in there mm. that's what I read I don't know if you guys read that maybe maybe it has to do with like international market or something like that or right. maybe like the studio probably got involved yeah yeah I mean shit I believe it because yeah. like at the end of the day it's just like he just like by himself yeah he just smashes shake and he's just gonna walk away yeah. and it's just like um, it felt like it was out of place yeah. it never felt like it was like natural to the story and another thing that I wanted to bring up if so I remember, like you, I, I watched the trailer. and I'm like, I have no ambition to watch this movie. So to get myself geared up for this, I had to watch the trailer again. Um, there's a scene in the trailer where he's deflecting one of the missiles with the trash can lid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you guys see that? If you watch the trailer, yes. uh, he did not like that. Jason, didn't, so he had the studio or the movie, whatever, take it out. So it's actually not in the movie, but it's in the trailer. Oh. Yeah. So if you look at it, but he's d- deflecting a rocket missile with a trash can lid in his house too. <laughs> We're watching that <laughs> right after this. Because <laughs> I got to see that now. <laughs> it's it's funny like he wants that taken out but he's literally doing almost the exact same thing and like hops and shot like it's, it's crazy music let's talk about the music uh this soundtrack has a lot of prominent artists from like the the 90s to the early 2000s on it like we got like tweet nate dog fat joe angie martinez missy elliott keith sweat and like the list goes on and on and like when i'm listening to the soundtrack i'm like i don't remember any of these songs no, no. being featured in this movie there's no way no. I, I call bullshit on what you're saying yeah. it doesn't even it doesn't even really work with the movie to be honest and i'm surprised with this small ass budget they managed to get all these artists on this soundtrack yeah. like are they pulling songs off of albums is it a compilation like i i don't i don't know Maybe that's where a lot of the money went. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta agree with you on that one, and I'll get into this later with my with my trash and treasures. But that music, the score to this movie, if I had to describe in one word, would be budget. <laughs> I mean, it did not sound like they invested any money into the score of this movie. And now, with you saying that they're you know all of these uh, popular artists of the '90s, it makes sense that maybe that money went there instead. To be honest, like I didn't even notice the score. To be honest, like you, Elizabeth, didn't, you didn't miss much. Yeah, oh, yeah. Elizabeth didn't because she was like again on her phone and she's like, "Are you watching like a 
porn or something. And of course, she looks up right at the time the when she, the sex scene. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And I'm like, I, I no, 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 I said in your experience, man. Come on. It's like, yes, Elizabeth, I'm watching a porno. Well, it's actually in my trash and church. I was, I was holding on to that one, but I had to say it. That's, that's how I have it written down um, for my trash. His score sounds very soft, porny. Yeah. Porny, yeah. that's it right there. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? And then um, that, that pretty much wraps it up for this movie. That's uh, it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Other than, um, you know, this movie, of course, went on to spawn a whole franchise. Um, it made double its budget back. And, uh, you know, we got two sequels, a reboot, and a TV series off of it. But that is all for The Transporter. That's like your shortest behind the scenes I think you've ever done. I think my shortest was Fifty Shades Freed because it was literally the same stuff from the other movie. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like to think about that one, though. Kind yeah, that, it's uh, traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, second one's still the best one, though. Uh, but but that's it for behind the scenes. Uh, let's move on to Trash and Treasure. Mugga, what is yours with this movie? So, again, I only watched this for the first time four days ago, and I didn't want to watch it again, so I don't have a lot, because I was like, I'm not even going to waste my time. Um, the trash I'm going to start with, I think the connection between... Jason and the actress, I just think it's not there. Looking into it, I realized that they don't even speak the same language, so that's why uh, it was just very forced to me, and I understand why when I did the research for it. Um, I had a problem with the cop is understands something going on, so he questions him, like, hey, like, where were you? Your car was blown up, this and that. And he leaves, and right as he leaves, the house blows up. How come the cop doesn't hear what's going on to go back to check out what's going on? Like, I'm kind of like, 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 what do, what do you mean? Like you, you, like, you don't see this exploding going on? Like, I mean, but I just thought that was trash. Um, and then he does have everything, like, set to where, like, his car, here's the rules that I do, stick by the rules. He's very prepared in his job, you know, with the car and everything. And his getaway with the scuba, but how come he's got two scuba gears for the getaway? Like he didn't know that she was going to be there, right? Like, like you have two? Like, like what the hell? Like I don't know. It's like he already planned to break his own rules. Yeah, already yeah. from the get go. Oh, for in sure. the planning stage. And I, I, I just thought that was bad. And then like the transition, we already talked to the transition of the sex. But again, doing some research, I found out why that was just kind of forced in. That's kind of all I have of trash as far as like it just really over the top on certain things. Um, I did like some things about it. I thought the opening scene of his character development was actually kind of cool. Like, hey, here's my rules. You said three people, not four. And he's like, no, no, we're not doing this until you stick by the rules. I thought that was really cool. Um, His car and all the features, it's almost like a real life Batmobile for his kind of thing. I thought that was really cool the way he can flip the the, the license plates, all that stuff, all the things that he has. Um, I liked his house in France. It's in France, right? That's what I thought. So it's in France. I thought that was like just a low key, like like on the water right there. I thought that was really cool. Um, And I love the door kick scene. Like, I don't know. I think that's really cool. Other than that's all I got for treasure. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, Veronica, what is your trash and treasure? Um, for the treasure, um, I put um, Jason Statham because yum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was number one. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed the straws in the vending machine. I don't know why, but I loved that. I just thought, did you guys notice those? No. So, oh, when he yeah. goes to get the sodas for the two policemen that he has in his trunk. Right. He grabs two straws from the vending machine. They, like they have a designated space oh, sh- for straws. I, didn't that, yeah. I, I don't know why, but I thought that was pretty awesome. Hmm. That wouldn't happen today, but I thought that was pretty cool. Um, his body, Jesus. that was definitely a treasure. Um, I also played his house. I thought it was awesome. Uh, and I just loved how he had that layer down under his house. Yeah. Or yeah, he just was prepared for anything. Anything. Um, I don't know why I put this in my treasure, but I thought it was funny. Um, when he is underwater, when they put him in the water and then they throw more of the oil to light it on fire, and then he kisses the dead body for oh, air. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Um, That's a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I was just writing things down because I felt like I wasn't writing enough. So okay, I just okay. was like, okay, let me write this down. No kink shaming here. <laughs> I mean. Tactically speaking, that is pretty brilliant when you think about yes, it. Yes, it is. Like the fact that like this guy's dead, but he still has air in his body, mm-hmm. and I can use that to live. Like, but it's ta- a dead body. <laughs> I mean, he didn't need the air. Oh, <laughs> um, and then at the end, when the girl's dad is taking him off to like kill him, and then he's like, "I'm not in the mood for a swim." Like just knowing his background as a diver, I just yeah. thought that was funny. Trash. The score. Uh, also in the beginning when. 
he goes over the rules and um, he says he not gonna, he's not gonna do that extra body and then they shoot him. Just a very small blood splatter left on his windshield. I'm like, that's not realistic. <laughs> and I don't really, I'm not picky about those things. Like you said, how did the police officer not Here. go back? Or I'm, 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 when I'm watching a movie, I'm very gentle with my critique because I'm like, well, it's a movie. But there's yeah. a lot of things in the movie where I'm like, how this doesn't make sense. We're like, also, oh, I thought the same thing about the right. Scooby gear. <laughs> I did have one question though. What was rule number one? Never look at the package, right? No, that was no that's changing that was the deal. Three. Oh, stick to the deal. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm wrong. So here are the rules. Uh, so we got uh, rule number one: once a deal is made, it's final. So okay. no changing the deal. Rule number two: no names. Mm-hmm. And rule number three: never open the package. Oh wait, hold on. I did have one more thing that I left out for trash. Was this kind of goes into the score, but also the music that's playing when their first encounter, when he opens the package and they look at each other, just that music was just so corny and I'm like okay so are they just in love now because they saw each other they locked eyes I just I thought it was dumb I didn't like it love is real man <laughs> all right not in movies okay especially yes. when it's sipping orangina through yes. the tape <laughs> oh, I thought that was interesting all right Jason <laughs> Jason what's your trash and treasure Speaking uh, of the, the music critic, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, this. I mean, I'm just going to say it. One thing, my, my trash is the score. I just <laughs> think it's creepy. It's porny. Yeah. It, like I said, it creeped Elizabeth out. She wasn't even watching the fucking movie. So it's like, I I hated it, man. I freaking hated the score. Um, another trash is, like, I, I forget her name. But, so the actress is in the trunk, right? Jason Statham pulls over. He goes to cut the slit in the tape. Why is he surprised that she's freaking out when he busts out a knife? <laughs> like, he's like, what's wrong? And it's like, she's she's bound, she's gagged, and he whips out a knife. Yeah, I'm going to be a little frightened, too. I don't know what the hell you're going to do. Um, I don't like that he wears a black suit with a brown watch band. I don't know why, but that bugs me a little bit. I feel you on that. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. He has this huge, like, ridiculously big watch. Like, especially for the time. Like, I don't think big watches were a big thing in 2002. It's a huge watch, but it's a huge brown band, and he's wearing, like, a black suit and white shirt and black tie. It just doesn't match at all. I don't know. I don't like that. Trash. Uh, <laughs> another trash was Elizabeth was checked out in 27 minutes. I clocked it. Uh, <laughs> I hate that after the one job, so we get to see Frank do one job. He does it. He sticks to all his rules, right? The very next job breaks his rules so we don't we don't get any consistency we don't get like any background that he sticks these rules like real hardcore it's just like the very next job breaks his rules it would be it would make more sense if it was an accident that he found out it was a person like like he gets there and maybe it falls or he realizes like oh shit that's a person or she breaks out somehow but the fact that he stops the car goes to the back and just rips it open just it's because his tire it was flat so then he had to go and get the the spare tire. Yeah. That's why. So it was an accident. Oh, and yeah. he saw it moving, right? And so he... Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was checked the fuck out. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. Yeah, I, at first when I'm watching it, because I, I don't remember it very well from the first time, but I was like, is she knocking on it? And then it's like, oh, now it's the tire. That's what really mm. blew. So I guess I kind of like that. Like it was just happenstance he sees her in there. But okay, that's what I... I thought it was just the knocking. My bad. I didn't even realize it was the tire. Okay. And I thought that was really cool too. Like how they jack it up. They have that little part in the side instead of like going underneath yeah, the chassis that was cool. like they just I don't know I thought that was pretty cool that's treasure though um I don't like the sucking the oxygen out of the dead guy I just <laughs> I don't know would it be like CO2 though like carbon dioxide he's really inhaling from the guy too that's true yeah I don't know I just have a I don't know it doesn't matter who the person is I'm just saying it's a dead person first of all and it's like I don't think it's going to be oxygen um so I don't like that so the fight at the bus station was cool, I think, in a sense, like the fighting, the actual fighting. Um, but where did all the pipes come from? Because I don't remember the guys getting on the bus with the pipes, but then all of a sudden you just it's just shots of guys reaching everywhere, underneath, on the side, and they all grab pipes, and it's like, dude, what in the fuck? Where are all these? I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was weird. The bicycle pedal strapped to his feet. I'm sorry. That's why I didn't say it. It was in my trash. I, I didn't want to say it because I don't want to ruin it. I let one of you guys have it. But yeah, that was so in the, his face when he puts them on. So and just, serious. It, it's game time. You know, yeah. it's just game time. I'm just like, what are, we, what are we doing? Like, it's innovative. I'll give him it's innovative. But what are we doing? Like, there's going to be something else we could do. And then the cars instantly explode when they crash on the freeway after he lands with the parachute. 
So it's like they they just barely crash and they explode. I don't just a lot of it they just explode. I don't like that. And then I don't like the way it ends. I think just panning away with the ambulance and all that shit. I just I think it's dumb. Treasures, uh, like Mugga said, the speech in the beginning from Jason Statham I think was on point. Again, I already said it earlier, but the fancy spot for the Jack when he got the flat. Like I said earlier, when we were talking about all the development behind the scenes, um, Vince from Fast and Furious is in it, although he is way less intimidating in this. I think. I think he's more intimidating than Fast and Furious, personally. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, what is it, Fast Five he's into? I think he's more intimidating than that. This one, he just seems like a pussy to me. Um, <laughs> I think the fighting scenes are great. I like the axing. I don't know why, but the axing was really cool. Kind of remind me of, like, like a Jackie Chan kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. It's, I like that part. The fight on the container ship was cool. I just think it's a funny parallel where, so in Fast and the Furious, Vince is hanging on the side of a big rig or a semi-truck, and then this one, he's hanging on the side of oh, a semi-truck too, and it's literally a year later after Fast and the Furious, it's like, come on, man. You gotta do something different, man. He's like, I left LA for this shit. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, Jordan, what is your trash and treasure? All right, everybody, buckle up. You let me know when you've heard enough. <laughs> So I got a pile on with the score, which was terrible. In fact, it was so bad, I had to figure out what noise was going into my ears at that current point in time, so I did a little research on it. It's a style of music called trip hop. And trip hop is uh, marketed as a fusion of hip hop and electronica until neither genre is recognizable, and that is an understatement. <laughs> it was so bad. And none of the, I don't know about you all, but none of the scenes that these songs were matched up to like seemed to really kind of match the yeah. energy of the scene itself. So in the beginning, we have the car chasing. It's establishing Frank as a character, as a driver and all that. And clearly this is just another job for him. But the music that's playing is just like any given Sunday, but like police cars are chasing and, and swerving around and he's just in his own little thing. And I was just like this, I mean, there's action going on. Please, please kind of match that, that intensity. And uh, there wasn't that. Uh, another example would be the scene where they're underwater they just escaped the exploding house. And instead of just recovering from this traumatic experience, no, they're on a fucking undersea adventure. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of discoveries can we see? Is Ariel down here? Who the fuck knows? Let's you, find out. Were you waiting for like David Attenborough to start talking? Yes, I was. I was waiting for his narration to start coming over. And uh, I, I, I just didn't see it. So the score was just terrible in, in, in my opinion and uh, absolutely qualifies as a as a trash um, I understand that this movie is an action movie and it's a it's a popcorn and you, we're really just trying to get from point A to point B in the action sequences but um, that doesn't excuse what little plot there was the whole premise for this movie was this chick that was in a bag in the back of his car. And when he asked her father, who was in on this whole thing at the end, why was she in the bag? He said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, that's it. No explanation. And I was just sitting there and I'm thinking, please. That's it? That's it. And I'm, I'm just saying, please, anything, anything. Why was she in the bag? Well, well, you know, I had to fly her over and a checked bag is cheaper than a, a flight on the plane or a seat on the plane. So, anything. Shut the no, fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And it's like, yeah. Jesus. So, that, uh. I wanted to ask if anybody knew why she was in the bag. Shut the fuck what? up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. That's why. Don't ask stupid questions. I remember that sitting there after it was over, I'm like, wait a second. What was the point? It, there, there was no what point. That? The whole point was to introduce this this woman that basically upends his entire career. Uh, he, he ends up breaking all of his rules, which uh, I agree were just... I think they were just there to be broken in the first place. I agree. I mean, they, they, they set up the rules just so he could break them. Um, in the scene where he breaks down the door, 
right? And the whole fight scene's going up there. And, and to your point, the axe scene, it's, yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but for me, it kind of uh, reminded me of a movie that came out a little bit later. Later, it was a Korean movie called Old Boy. Okay. Old Boy had a scene, a hallway fight scene that was supposedly done in, in one single take, which was not true. It was cleverly edited, but oh. a lot of axes. And I, I really kind of got Old Boy vibes uh, from that particular fight scene. That said, this girl is tied to a chair downstairs in the basement, yet somehow manages to get upstairs into a car with a closed door and then close the door behind her. And Frank is so apparently oblivious that he has no idea that she's in here until he's like a couple of miles down the road. And she's like, oh, hello. Yeah. You know, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, you know, being a, a former medical person, um, medical sort of issues kind of stand out to me. Uh, when um, I think his name was Wall Street was in checking on one of those guys who got his ass kicked during the the main fight scene, yeah. uh, okay. and then kills, kills him, him like yeah. stuffing a. Uh, I mean, I I think the the handkerchief down the throat was a little unnecessary, <laughs> but then he like. <laughs> Clips one of his EKG and just like slaps it on another guy, and he's like, That'll do it. And yeah. it's like, e e EKGs uh, don't work the, that way. The bag, though, he was he was squeezing that bag at the yeah. same time. Yeah, it's um, it I didn't really get a good uh look at the bag, but uh, clearly it was some sort of IV fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're squeezing it in, uh, veins are really only um designed to take a certain flow that's why they have regulators on that and I he was see. just bypassing it so he's forcing all this uh liquid which could cause uh you know expanding uh, veins and and all that kind of stuff so it's it could be troublesome hey frank loved your loved your car loved your rotating license plates that was awesome but uh you know flip those plates all you want that guy's brain splattered on the back of your window as you're driving home probably gonna tip somebody yeah. off um <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, I had the same thing, the, the rocket blast. What kind of inspector, you know, yeah. doesn't hear at least three, what were they, like stinger missiles <laughs> going off? And I loved how they all have varying uh, explosive payloads, like one blew up a room, yeah. one blew up an entire house, you know, it was, uh, yeah. The third it, one with a shark face on it. Like, yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. You, you knew done. that one was going to mean uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> To your point, the weapons, uh, the pipes, and the bus fight scene were just oh. so conveniently placed. I mean, Everywhere, it's like, yeah. let's let's all get them in. And then I loved at the end they unlock the container and they start letting the clearly stated 400 people that were supposedly in that container out, and that was a little on the ridiculous side. My treasure, now that I've I've vented, I'm very interested <laughs> in what your treasure is going to be. To be honest, so uh, I have an opposing opinion. My treasure was the um, not only the martial arts fight scenes I thought were very well done. Um, Jason Statham clearly looked like he knew what he was doing, yeah. um, and the punches. You know, a, a lot of these movies these days, you can you can kind of tell that maybe the actors are pulling the punches, or you the know, the way they edit it. And exactly. So, yeah. But uh, the punches and the kicks, they really seem to impact. Yeah. Yes. The, the oil fight scene. I loved it. Really? Whether it was intentionally made to be funny or not, I found it hilarious. Because Frank's idea to cover himself in motor oil uh, syrup uh, <laughs> helped break out of holds or going into like full slip and slide actions yeah. to escape, you know, hails of gunfire. Uh, I actually did this. I paired it up with the Benny Hill theme song, and it works. <laughs> it works. Oh my god. Um, so th I thought that was really great. Uh, the cherry on top being the the bike pedals. I I know it's ridiculous, but I mean, just the, he like snaps him off the bike, and he's just staring everybody down, and everybody circles around him, and just to top it off with like four back to back spinning roundhouse kicks to like guys faces I, I mean you could tell what little self-esteem they had after he just brutalized these people was just gone so that uh, that I found uh, fantastic and that was my treasure <laughs>
my trash. Uh, I feel like uh, this movie's opening titles are definitely capitalizing off the popularity of the Matrix. You know, with the green this little and, green theme. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of like, you know, we get it, guys. You know, Swordfish and Equilibrium and all these other movies did it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, guys. I watched this movie two weeks ago and I can't remember shit to be completely honest <laughs> with you. But uh, the bank robbers in the car. I, I believe one of them says, uh, "I'm ex little boy" or something like that. I just thought that was kind of creepy. I don't know who says it, Jason Statham or somebody else. And then. Uh, you know Jason Statham's car right he's got this high tech vehicle and all that he does crazy transport missions and I'm like you don't have like no flat tires like you don't have tires that can you know you have your your keypad you have you know bulletproof vehicle all that stuff you have like switchable license plates but you don't have tires that just reinflate themselves like you don't have that technology in your car I thought that was kind of weak on his part but I guess you gotta find the chick in the back who knows and then uh, this is like the second of two movies in the same I mean, decade where like Jason Statham has to protect an Asian female. I don't know if you guys have seen Safe, but it's almost the same shit where he has to like save a little girl. Uh, when uh, the girl's like, "Oh, I have to go pee," and he puts the tape on or something, and he's just like, "You don't need your mouth to pee." And I'm like, "Well, depending on what you're into, you might, <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> you might need to." Um, to your point, Jay, he's talking about the rules, and I'm like, he literally breaks his rules like five minutes later. Oh, I thought that was super whack. Um, him drinking a Pepsi instead of a Coke. I mean, trash. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Coke family. Yeah. We only do Coke here. And then, um, too bad Jason Statham isn't Irish, or else that car explosion could have been an Irish car bomb. But, uh, you know, that could have been a thing. Huge mess. Yeah. Um, to your points about the pipes everybody's picking up an object some sort of long cylindrical object whether it's an axe a pipe or whatever and it happens so much in martial arts movies somebody just happens to find a pipe or an axe or a sledgehammer and they're just going to town and i've been watching a ton of action movies over the last couple months and i'm starting to realize like every fight scene has a fucking axe or a hammer or a pipe in it and by the time i saw this movie when we got to the bus depot i was just like i'm I'm tired guys like i'm tired like pipe down you know I, I but there was so many guys on there that all grabs like a pipe of some kind yeah. At the same time, within five seconds, like, ten guys grab pipes, and it's like, what the fuck is this? There's going to be a movie where they go to a pipe manufacturing plant, and nobody's going to find a pipe. Nobody's <laughs> going to pick up a pipe. You're going to think, like, oh, somebody's going to use a pipe, and it's not going to happen. Um, the scuba diving thing with the Under the Sea music, I wasn't feeling it. It was better in uh, Aquaman, I thought so. And uh, it was very uh, soft porny, to your point, Veronica. How did Jason Statham and the girl get in the office past his secretary. You know when uh, Benincourt shows up, Wall Street, to oh, his yeah. office? How, how did they get in? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, was she just not there? And then um, pretty much dumb luck that he's able to get on a plane. Remember, doesn't he say like, oh, I have a plan or something like that? And he just happens to run into a guy in the middle of a field, like refueling his plane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. crop testing plane. Yeah, I was just kind of like, that seems like luck that you were able to get a plane and a parachute and just land on these semis or whatever. I, I just thought like that just came out of fucking nowhere. It's not like you knew somebody. It's not like the inspector provided that to you. Shut the fuck up, I guess. You know, I, I agree with you, honestly. I, I thought the parachute was absolutely unnecessary. I mean, he could have easily just had the the pilot like fly low mm. and just jump down onto, onto the I, container. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because uh, in my notes, I've got, you know, we're flying at low altitude and then we cut to them flying at high altitude at like thousands of feet in the air. And then immediately after we see him uh, make a low altitude drop. Um, or immediately after we see them up high, he makes a low altitude drop. Like I thought like the, the cut, like the editing in that was like super weird. Like the geography of that scene was kind of whack. And then um, to my treasure, I like that the news specifically states that the, the robbers died uh, or they got caught because of their poor driving habits. Yeah. I, I definitely like that they pointed that out. Um, you know, I love the uh, the old school driving uh, without, you know, the, the CGI and post-production. Like, it's not as crazy as intense as we see, but when you know it's real, something about it just seems more reckless, more dangerous, more, it, ha it has more weight to it, which I liked. The fight scenes were great. Nate Dogg is on the soundtrack. That's a treasure. Um, I like the quote that I think the inspector says when he says, uh, people with this kind of firepower don't make mistakes about who they visit in a better movie. I could appreciate this line more, but I thought it was a well-written line. <laughs> and then um, I like how uh, Homegirl checks uh, to see if the money's counterfeit when she gets the money from the inspector. I just appreciated that. And then uh, that's it. Like, I, I don't really have nothing else for, for treasure, unfortunately. 
So let's move on to how much we would pay to see the transporter. Mugga, what are you paying? This is tough because when I'm hovering zero and five, I always, if I'm going to give it a value, that means I'll watch it again. I honestly don't think I'll ever watch this again. And I feel like because of that, I have to give it a zero. Like, I'm, wow. Yeah, I, I, even I gave uh, Independence Day a five, the second one, uh-huh. the Resurgence, I gave that five. Because I kind of would probably watch it again. I just don't see myself ever watching this again. So I, I'm going to give it a zero. Not even five, really. I, I just don't think there's anything. I just feel like it was just there to make money. I don't know if it's very... I mean, like, just a goof on it. You won't watch it again. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm interested. You guys said the second and third one, but I don't see myself ever watching this again. I'm so sorry. You were going to say Aquaman or something? No, like Aquaman is bad, but I, I still want to watch it sometimes, you know, for certain things. So that's why I think I gave it a 10. Didn't I give Aquaman a 10? Yeah, you gave yeah. it a 10. So I, I just, with this, I don't I don't see myself, right. like I was bored. Like you guys are talking about a parachute scene. I'm kind of thinking like, I don't even remember that. Like that's how disengaged I was, you know, like. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm giving this a zero. All right. Veronica, how much are you paying? Uh, I think maybe like $5. I, I don't know if I'd watch it again, but um, like you said, maybe to just goof on it or something, or maybe just to watch it with my son so he can see an action film, but, you know, not something too too crazy. Okay. So we got five. Uh, Jason, how much are you paying? I, I got to go five. I can't go zero. Some of the martial arts stuff is cool. But I, I almost look at this. I mean, I like the like what he does with the car and being like a wheelman. I like that whole idea. The bicycle pedals and some other shit. It's tough, <laughs> but I think I could watch this again and goof on it like crazy. So I, I think I have to go five. Okay, uh, Jordan, <laughs> what are you paying? <sighs> Hater on the bicycle pedals, man. <laughs> I hate them, man. I hate them. <laughs> um, so I really feel like. Really, kind of need to suspend your your disbelief and understand that this is just an action flick. Uh, when you're watching this movie, uh, if you know going in that the story is practically non-existent, uh, but it's just there to kind of bridge the gap between the action scenes. Um, Born Identity was uh, a, another movie kind of in the same vein that came out in the same year, and it also featured like a meticulous and cautious protagonist, martial arts, car chases. But the difference was that I felt the Born Identity had like a decent story that helped kind of drive that narrative forward, um, and you just don't get that in the Transporter, unfortunately. So, that being said, I give it five dollars. Uh, I I'm gonna give this movie five, just because I do appreciate a lot of the uh, the practical uh, effects and stunts that that go on in this movie. Um, there is there is just one thing that uh, I forgot to mention in my trash. So they shoot a missile, right? It floats around the house, through the hallway, and directly into the oven. That's just that's something that bothered me. That's how good they are, man. <laughs> I, I guess, but Is yeah, it the shark one. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the shark one. But someone's um, been playing Call of Duty a lot. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna go five because I do appreciate all that other stuff. The plot's tr- trash. Everything else is trash. But I, I do. I mean, I do appreciate just like the the action and martial arts. I love this kind of movie. You know, I, so you guys do say I'm not big on John Wick, and you guys like love. I mean, I'm not saying this is like John Wick. John Wick is way better, but I, I just I don't know. This just doesn't do it for me. I don't. I'm not about these movies. But yeah. Born Identity. You like I don't really like those that much either. Really? I, I'm not the big martial. I don't know. I just don't like that stuff. Yeah. Like thriller, spy, action type stuff. Spy action, but this is just martial arts movie just vomiting on you the entire time mm-hmm. with as Veronica says the horny soundtrack you know what I mean I just <laughs> I, don't, I just don't ever but you guys I'm wondering if because I've never seen this prior like like if we were to like The Rock I love The Rock right I mean that's an action movie but if you show someone that's never seen it today are they gonna appreciate it you know and I'm wondering if that's why I'm like I have no attachment to this movie or the franchise you guys said two and three are better maybe if I watch those and maybe I give this a dollar amount but I don't ever see myself watching this again <laughs> to be honest like, that's fair yeah I, I could agree with that that's fair um, so uh, what are we paying Mugga? four dollars <laughs> nice Nice. Sounds fair. Yeah. Uh, but would you pay more if Tom Cruise was in this yes. movie? Uh, I can't take out, I, I call him Vince. Well, why is he called Wall Street in this movie? No idea. It never describes that, right? Yeah, just, I was like, his name is Wall Street when I'm looking up the research and I'm like, all right. But I think if he played him, but I don't want to take him out though. I don't know who else he could play. I don't know. What do you guys think? He'd be the I, dead guy in the water. Jesus. <laughs> or the inspector, the French inspector, you know. No, that guy nails it, man. I think they just need to go with the original plan of the movie and have Tom Cruise replace the girl. 
<laughs> Tied up in the trunk. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right, so uh, anybody uh, got anything else? I think that's it. All right, so in the words of Tom Cruise, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Twenty Dollar Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20Ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening.